0: always freaks me out when you go on zoom because you get that little voice in the background you press the record button it goes recording in progress it's (laughs) a bit discerning this
1: sounds
0: so official official. but the thing is this is what it is nowadays it's a great thing to do you know zoom doing zoom meetings like this and using applications like this it makes like podcast guests and doing these sort of shows so much easier because you're over in la at the minute uh in the sunny climates and i'm outside london at the minute and Kind of semi-sunny climates, but it's only just getting there. So more on technology. The future's here. Yeah,
1: yeah, it too, is.
0: It's just not bad. It's not bad. So obviously, yeah, we mentioned obviously, Marlon you're over in L.A. at the minute, living it up in the high life. Um, have you always been in L.A. or is it just uh, is that a recent thing? No.
1: Uh, well, I have been in Los Angeles for a while. I won't say how many years, but <laughs> I'm originally from New Orleans, Louisiana. And so that's where I grew up. And then um, I moved to San Diego for graduate school. So I lived there for a couple of years, lived in Orange County, California, a little bit south of Los Angeles for a a year, and then uh, moved to Los Angeles. And I've been here for 1 million years.
0: (laughs) That's So you say, is is that the deep south? Is that the originally from...
1: Yes, yes, it is the wow. Deep South. Yeah, uh, absolutely.
0: Mm-hmm. You've not really got the accent. Is that? A, a, please excuse me. I'm probably a bit ignorant in accents and geography and all that sort of stuff. Coming from the man with the dodgiest accent and podcasting <laughs> right now. <laughs> you know, it, you've not really got the kind of the, the Deep South twang. Is that? Is that still there when Thank it comes you. out?
1: That is intentional. <laughs> um, and the the yes, I've worked very hard to to not have it. <laughs> and the actually, the New Orleans accent is quite different than the twang that you would hear. It, the New Orleans accent is very specific and and different. And in fact, sometimes people confuse it with uh, New York, like Brooklynese. Oh wow! Yeah, it's it's a little bit harsher sounding. Well, I mean, I guess I guess that's a subjective comment, but. Um, it's it's different. I don't know if you've ever paid attention to um, Harry Connick Jr. and the way he he speaks. He he cranks it up a few notches, especially when he's performing. He he right, does, okay. He's from New Orleans too.
0: Right. Okay. I just I'm rubbish at geography sort of thing. You know, it's um when it comes down to. I mean, I've kept, I've been figures with accents. It's really quite strange. A funny story that I. I didn't know this about uh, accents. I'm originally from Scotland, as you can tell. My accent's still pretty strong, but I've actually lived in England down south in London for about the best part of 20-odd years. And it's exactly, and everyone's fascinated by it. They're like, why is your accent so strong? And I've got a sister who's an older sister. She's like four years older than me. Uh, She's completely lost her accent, completely lost it. The only time that she gets her Scottish accent back is when she's pissed, when she's had a few drinks down there. (laughs) And uh, she just goes on full blown. It's like a switch in the back of her head, bottle of wine down her neck, switch, blah, 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 blah. And the spot comes out. <laughs> now I didn't realize why that was. And I was I had my I was um in the office one day and I had um my sister on speakerphone. I was gonna go meet her. And one of my colleagues I was working with, she happened just uh, walking past and just I think she was earwigging on the conversation, the nosy bitch. But um, she, um, she, she went she, after the phone call. She heard that she went. Who was that? Your sister? And I said, like, Yeah, that's my sister. He goes. Is she older or younger than you? And she went. I goes. She's older. and goes. When did you come down to England? And I came down to England. When I was fifteen, which means she was eighteen. And I was like. <laughs> She went, I knew that she was older. And I was like, why is that? And he goes, that's the reason why she's lost her accent. And I went, right, hold on. I need to know about this. She goes, you came down when you were 15 years old, but you wanted to stand out because at that age, you want to stand out from everyone. You don't want to be the same. But she was 18 years old and she wanted to kind of blend in with everyone and be part of the tribe. That's why she lost Uh her accent. subconscious. She lost it. Okay. I was like, wow, mind blown. There you go. (laughs)
1: Well, yeah, I guess. Um, I, and, and I guess also, your accent makes you more distinctive in uh, the media, you know, like <laughs> with your podcasting and all if, if you, if you had the same accent as everybody else in London, then you wouldn't be so uh, unique.
0: I would probably be a virgin to be quite honest with you, Marlene. Let's put it that way. My <laughs> podcast is the only thing. Not my podcast. My accent is the only thing that's going for me. I've got nothing. Ah, uh, <laughs> that's your game.
1: Okay, that that makes sense too. That's uh, your secret weapon. That's well, what. I'll,
0: that's. I would say that's why I'm doing podcast and I'm not on TV. That's 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 the cold hard truth. of it. I've accepted <laughs> you, it. I'm okay with it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> there was an old saying like, "You have a face for radio." It, you, you know. I guess. I guess it's. Sort of been updated to you, not you, you, but you, the uh, the collective you out there in the world, have a face for podcasting. I uh,
0: know that's it. That's <laughs> it. Radio has been replaced by podcasting. Have you seen like over the US with all because LA is where it all happens? Um, have <laughs> you seen like a, a like a massive like in podcast? And is this new a, a, the new thing, or is it still kind of relatively new?
1: Well, it does seem like uh, uh, there are podcasts cropping up all the time for sure um yeah. and not just here i i belong to some podcasting communities uh, online and so forth and um this one that i love pod people wow that their membership has just exploded wow. and um pod people is a combination of uh staffing matchmaking business for business okay uh, there's that part of what they do and then there's also just the community just like connecting with people networking you know swapping stories from the trenches and they do workshops and stuff but i've, I've met so many people through, especially through podcasting and from all over the world there, yeah. there's there are several people um in pod people uh from india oh, wow. there are a couple from nigeria wow um uh, I think a couple from Japan. I mean, it's just all, all over the place. So, yeah, I guess it's slowly taking over the world.
0: Taking over. The thing is, though, it's, I keep saying, everyone says, like, because it's different with podcasting. It's like, no, no, when you say for it's like a new business and it's like, you, you don't want anyone else to do it, you don't want anyone else to be a competition, but it's different with podcasting because I'm constantly telling everyone start a podcast, go for it, you crack on, do it. You know what you want to do, speak about something, just go for it. You know, and it's, it's an unusual way because it's a bit turned upside down. It's not the conventional way of keeping an idea to yourself. As I say, I'm going to start a podcast. You're like, don't you fucking dare. How dare you? I'm doing a podcast. Don't copy me. But now you encourage it. You go, go ahead, go for it. on, what are we going to talk about? Can I be on it?
1: Yeah, it's kind of like the early days of YouTube, I guess. Yeah. But it's easier in some ways because there's no video unless you want there to be. But you can... You, you don't have to be camera ready necessarily yeah. if you don't want to be and that's a lot of pressure especially for girls like me
0: yeah, yeah. um i've had a yeah. few of them i had a few of them the, and obviously i do it through the video as well and they say Is this, mm-hmm. uh, can you not put this on youtube please i was like okay i'll just put <laughs> i'll just put the audio on there yeah because i'm sitting here I look like a state you didn't tell me beforehand right i was like, "I didn't think i needed to sorry but <laughs> lesson learned for future i think
1: Yeah, it's, uh, it's nice to have the option if you want it to be on YouTube, you know, you could be a discussion or something. But like, for meetings, it's a different story, too. I prefer to not have zoom meetings where I'm on camera, especially if it's a long zoom, because you, (laughs) you can't you you gotta be on you can't be on autopilot it's it's like all focus, of you yeah. the, any any little thing that you do is there for everybody to see and um also i have i have a uh, co-pilot here a little um furry uh calling
0: that's gorgeous
1: and blanche um it's it's easier to disguise Blanche's presence when there's no camera on, <laughs> uh, yeah. not not super easy, but uh, but you know I it, it's harder to do this and, and to you know she she's much better behaved when I'm like holding her like this than yeah. if she's on the floor then you can hear her quite loudly. <laughs> No. Well
0: having having pets at home and having dogs. I'd love to have a dog, but unfortunately my landlord won't let me have one, which is a lot of a I can't I don't have time to look after it because I'm out basically every day and it's it's a shame because I love I love dogs. I love dogs so much. I honestly think it's the it's a quote that Ricky Gervais said, he was just like, we don't deserve dogs because they are they're the most awesomest animals ever. And if people think, are. And if people don't agree with me, I will fight you. I will fight you. I don't care. Cat people come at me. I'll have you.
1: <laughs> well, cat cats cats are, are. It's hard to compare them because cats and dogs are so different. But um, uh, but there's nothing like a dog for companionship. It's like a yeah. it's like a little person in a dog suit. <laughs> I I really feel like this. She's the way she communicates with me and uh it's just the rapport that we have the understanding the cohabitation it's really um she well she's definitely the best roommate i've ever had yeah of
0: course i used to say that all the time about dogs i used to say that basically kids babies babies are basically dogs that can talk (laughs) that's true
1: that That is so true
0: (laughs) my 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 uh, my ex-messies didn't appreciate that when i said that about my daughter She's like, you can't call her a dog. She basically is. Yeah, she's a dog that can talk. It's brilliant. It's great fun.
1: That's it's a compliment. It's exactly. a compliment. Yeah. But
0: one of the main, main issues that I have between the dog and cat scenario is when you go up to a dog, you can walk up to a dog quite easily and you can go, hello, buddy, come here. Come on. And you shout it over. And it's like, and it's just, you can see its ears come up. It's like, okay, then. And it runs over. And you're like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> you do the same thing to a cat. It's going to look at you and just go, no, fuck you. <laughs> I <laughs> just roll over. And then when you lose interest in it, then it will come over and expect it. you as if to say like, "No, I'll come over when I want to, not when you tell me because I'm an asshole."
1: It's almost like the not wanting to be around them is is the magnet. They <laughs> if the more you don't want to be around them, then the more they will pay attention to you. I've had yeah. that problem because I'm allergic to cats <clears throat> and I, I haven't, I don't have a good history getting along with cats in general. Um, and I guess it's because I, I actively try to stay away from them and then they, they see that as a challenge. Yeah. So, um, yeah, but, uh, and Blanche, this, this, this is Blanche. Blanche loves cats though. She, um, She's
0: she, a She's a
1: I know, but <laughs> I, she really, she doesn't like other dogs all that much, but she loves cats. And okay. she has uh, two cat boyfriends that live on the first floor of our building. And she, um, she'll, she'll, she comes on rather strong. She she likes them a lot, and uh, she'll <laughs> go up to them and put her nose right in their face. And then she flips over, she rolls over on her back, and puts her paws up as if they're gonna pet her, yeah. <laughs> but they, they never do. <laughs> never they just. <laughs> <laughs> but she's day. hopeful that one day <laughs> one day it'll happen
0: i had um one time I actually uh, i've had one time i've had a cat and this was not through choice that's the funny story I've not, i don't think i've told this on this show before so this is an exclusive um <laughs> look at me it's an exclusive it's some some sort of like prime time show sorry but <laughs> I had a show i had a um a cat once it was when i was first seeing my one of my old girlfriends and i moved in and she had a housemate Uh, she moved out, but she had a cat. It was a rescue cat. And this cat was literally like, I would say it was a big fanny. It wasn't, it it, it was scared of everything. And it was treated, it needed to be taught how to be a cat and how to be an animal. So she was like, (laughs) "I I can't take this cat with me when she moved out because the place she was moving in had like a 16 stone Alsatian. So that would rip it apart. So we kept it. So I had to look after it. And I befriended this cat and I was like, right, okay, I'm going to try and um turn you into like a, a proper cat give you some give could give you a little bit of oomph about yourself you know train you to be cool and be dominant because it, it was a boy cat so it needed to go out there oh, and yeah. had to do the business so um Stanley was his name bless a little little, <laughs> little ginger thing god it was a cracking cat and we got on well I fed it tore it up but the problem is her uh, back door downstairs uh, had a, a hole in the wall uh, where the cat flap was and it broke, so oh. we all these cats, all these stray cats, were about like a, a suburban area. Used to always come in and nick the food, and Stanley used to sit there and watch them do it. And I'm going, oh, "What no. are you doing? What are you doing?" So one night, um, he, he, Stanley always used to come up and sleep on the bed at night time at 6 o'clock in the morning. So one night I'm lying in bed and I could look to the corner uh, where I was sleeping. I looked onto the the, the corridor going down, and. For some reason, I just woke up, and this is another little bit of um, paraphrasing here from before, a little bit of uh, um, understanding. I read an article about two days beforehand, it goes, if cats keep coming into your house, or keep coming into, you have to basically act dominant, and you have to run up and go, ah, and scream at them, as if to say, like, I'm scary, don't come back here, or I'm going to give them that sort of impression, so... uh Fast forward to two days later, I'm lying in bed. And for some reason, two o'clock in the, at the morning, 2 a.m., I wake up and I just look to the left and I just see like, like a shadow of a cat coming upstairs. It was pitch black <laughs> coming up the stairs. And I was like, oh, that's Stanley coming up. But then I noticed at the bottom of my feet, he was there. Oh, uh, no. So I was like, what the hell? So I looked to my left and I jumped up and I just went right. And I just kicked <laughs> in. This cat legged it down the stairs. And there's me, butt naked, running down the stairs, Swung the back door open, I'm running down the garden, it's a massive long garden, and I'm just running down at two o'clock in the morning going, <laughs> Yikes. If my neighbors looked out the window at that precise moment, they were seeing me butt naked, screaming my head off, thinking I was some sort of mental case. Um, oh
1: my goodness, that's so. like a true crime story. <laughs> because <crazy>. you, <laughs> you had an intruder, that's so it. Yeah, you were lucky to escape with your life.
0: Tell you what, Netflix should sign me up quite quick, really, shouldn't they?
1: Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> or you could you could change the marketing on your podcast, and it could be uh, true crime. You just need to curate more stories like that.
0: Possibilities are endless. I've got loads of them. I've got loads of them. But I don't want to tell too much, because nine times out of ten, they're embarrassing. So that's <laughs> <laughs> don't want to get into too much detail. So, so Molly, you've you, you've went to, um, you, you've been down in the deep south. I mean, you, you are—I um, don't know how can I put it—you're you're doing all right, really. To be fair, and the can kind of the kind of industry producer, direct business owner, entrepreneur, all that sort of stuff. I want to really delve <laughs> into this. I want to get into the grips of it. How did this really all start, and where did it really the passion come from?
1: well i guess it started when i was born i think i was born that way (laughs) blanche Blanche is adding emphasis that that's what she believes too i think uh need to yeah she she might need to get in the picture a little bit to just to just to uh, keep the peace so anyway blanche is going to be right here telling the story with me um (laughs) so yeah i think i was just born this way and when I was a kid, I loved to get attention, and uh, my, what happened was my mom took me to children's theater when I was very young, like right. a toddler, and I just loved it, and then I, I must have asked about it, like, what's the deal with these it? people and the like, costume, and like, can I do that or whatever? Of course, my mom said, "No, you must never, ever <laughs> do anything like that." We don't have show business in the Deep South, so you know you'll be a sweet little girl and be a teacher and get married or something like that. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, I always wanted to perform, and um, I was always trying to find show business in New Orleans, and it would it would come and go. There would be filming in New Orleans, but usually. <clears throat> it, it was the the casting that would happen there would be extras it wasn't it wasn't the good stuff that <laughs> that was happening there although it, that's changed a bit but um but then when i was old enough to to learn that show business really happens in new york or los angeles then it became my goal to get to one of those places and um uh, i ended up i my parents convinced me to stay in New Orleans for college and they, they would like me to have stayed there forever, but <clears throat> But uh, I did go to I went to college at Loyola New Orleans and studied drama communications and then when I finished, I thought, Okay, this is my chance. And so um, I ended up going to graduate school at San Diego State University and studying musical theater so so my goal was to perform and uh it's still my goal it just hasn't worked out to be my full-time job <laughs> so all these other things that i do are kind of not even kind of they are my b choice of professions and i just they not not to to diminish them i'm very fortunate to have had the experiences that i had and i'm still hopeful that maybe as a as I advance in age, I will be able to resume performing yeah. and <laughs> take, <laughs> take it up as a full time uh, position somewhere with somewhere on a show or what have you. But I guess the the career that I really wanted was something like Tina Fey's arrangement. I she she's having the career that I feel should have been mine, where she's. <laughs> making multi millions of dollars. That is not me. Yeah. <laughs> and then also she, she can write her projects, write her a uh, uh, role for herself and perform it. Nobody tells her no. Um, and yeah, she's, uh, sh- she's at the level that, that I would love to be at, but, um, but yeah, so that that's a little bit about, uh, where I came from just, in my dna i guess but i don't come from a show business family so i don't i don't get it
0: just just so i must have came from somewhere you know i bet your parents are going where did this come from I bet they're arguing with each other going it must have came from you not <laughs> came from the grandparents no <laughs> it came from my grandparents oh it's mental it's mental. Well, i do
1: i do have a cousin who is in the entertainment business but not as a performer he's a music manager he oh. manages um musicians. That's what music managers do, I guess. And um, so he always told me to never pursue this as a profession, any aspect of it. It was horrible. He could give me no help at all. And so, um, so I, behind his back, Call him the Cecil B. DeMille of the Sharp family with myself being the Agnes DeMille. I don't know if you're familiar with the story of Cecil B. DeMille and Agnes DeMille, but they were cousins and Cecil B. was uh, quite famous in the movie business uh, behind the scenes and Agnes was was quite a bit younger and she she wanted to work in the movie something awful and she was a fabulous dancer but she didn't even care she was just like oh cousin cecil could i just be a a a a runner could i just be a pa could i do anything she would have done anything and he said no (laughs) basically (laughs) told her that she was too homely uh and Uh, untalented to even do the, the most menial of jobs. But some she did, I think, for a summer work as a secretary on something he was producing. And that was about as far as it went. So naturally, people thought that something was wrong with her because here she had this hugely famous relative in the business and Everyone knows that show business is one hundred percent about nepotism, <laughs> and she could not get a job anywhere. So naturally, they thought a bit, people were like, "What is you know what is wrong with this girl, this woman that <laughs> she? Nepotism is obviously a case of reverse nepotism in this family. Something is wrong. So she could, she, it it was very harmful for her job prospects. So she went to Europe. She went to England actually, oh, okay. and she did great in Europe she became a huge sensation so much so that when she was like 40 she uh she was invited to come back uh to Broadway to um oh actually it was I think the American Ballet Theater she she was invited to choreograph something there which then led to her choreographing all the Rodgers and Hammerstein musicals and wow. you know Carousel and and that was her uh, in Oklahoma but it was no thanks to her cousin, so um, that's why I I say I I understand and um, and yeah that's the, that's a very relatable scenario.
0: Go from the background, yeah. It's always they always say like, your your biggest critics are always your family, don't they? they say, or your friends and family are always the ones that are gonna sit there and tell you're never gonna do this, and nine times out of ten. When you do do it, you're gonna go back to them and say, "Fuck you, I did it in your face." <laughs> Some of that is such a nice little thing to do. I love doing it to people when they say, "Oh, you won't be able to do that." Okay, challenge accepted. You know, <laughs> sucker for that. But that's cool. But the thing is, well, you you say that you obviously bl- in the, the the front of the camera is the kind of dream it's, but from you've been very successful in the industry but not in front but actually kind of the behind the camera behind the scenes sort of thing so that must be like kind of just as rewarding sort of thing
1: uh it's yeah it's rewarding it is it is uh and i I have uh yeah blanche says it's rewarding for her too because she can have treats and she can eat the quality of food that she feels she's entitled to she can live the lifestyle that she she has become accustomed to um (laughs) which, which is pretty modest in terms of Hollywood standards, I would say, but yeah. uh, but from given where she came from, which was the shelter, this is a step up, uh, <laughs> certainly. But um, but yeah, I've been very fortunate to work on some really cool uh, franchises, some famous characters. Like I worked on um, Sonic the Hedgehog, oh yeah, and, and um, also I work. I've worked with a number of Japanese companies. Um, so I worked on Power Rangers. I worked on Yo-Kai Watch and uh, Digimon. And then um, I also worked on Postman Pat, the movie. Oh, really? I, I I suspect some, somewhere in your audience is a Postman Pat fan or two. Um,
0: oh, yeah, I am. Yeah, Postman Pat's a <laughs> legend.
1: Yeah. And I th- my first two trips to the UK were f- for postman for the movie postman pat and i just remember telling people just like the customs agent and various random people that i was in town to work on postman pat and such a warm reception it was it was wonderful but yeah postman pat's the greatest
0: oh yeah as soon as you mentioned anything to do with postman pat in the uk oh yeah they're gonna love you they think it's like postman pat and paddington bear them two characters your your you're royalty your will be royalty
1: Paddington yes yes I love Paddington didn't work on Paddington but ah,
0: shame, yeah shame. I had I mean, a lot of
1: toys I had Paddington toys
0: <laughs> everyone does don't they so I mean all these like kind of really kind of quite oh, wow well, I'd say big names really to be fair big characters and all that sort of stuff what was your favorite
1: well I really loved Postman Pat <laughs> and uh See? I also... good answer
0: <laughs> Molly good answer I,
1: yeah I, <laughs> I love Postman Pat And um, I did work on Pink Panther a bit and um, pink happens to be my favorite color. So that was pretty special. And weirdly enough, uh, the the high school that I went to in New Orleans, each grade level had a mascot and the mascot for my year was Pink Panther. Uh, so I had pink Panther stuff that I had saved from high school when I was working on the show. And then I got, I got more free stuff after working on, I worked on two, two, sh- a series and a holiday special. And so, uh, so I take that as a sign from the universe that, um, <laughs> I was destined to work on pink, Panther. Sure. pink Panther. And I were destined to cross paths, I guess. <laughs> That's
0: and, great. And I love
1: pink. So.
0: I mean, so that that. with that, well, because you've obviously been quite heavily influenced with that. Well, obviously heavily influenced, heavily involved with like the Sonic and like, Sega and stuff like that. Um, One thing I wanted you to say, because I've obviously done my research and you managed to get on the, the panel of Comic-Con. Is that right? Oh, yes.
1: Yes, yes. Which uh, is was... that? Is
0: that the San Diego one? Was it? the, the, the Yes. Huge... Now, that is one I'm... of my goals to do, because we've got a Comic-Con here in London. It's great. Don't yes. get me wrong but it is nothing compared to the San Diego one. And I'm desperate to go
1: San Diego comic-con every year. It, well, I, I, I take that back. Cause I don't know, there, there've been a couple of years off of course, because yep. of COVID. So it's coming back. It's, it's happening like next week or something. Oh, nice. I, I don't have, I don't have plans to go this time, but, um, but up until like 2019 with every year, it just gets bigger and more out of control and reminds me more and more of Mardi Gras which
0: is (laughs) from where
1: where, that's how I relate to it it has that that carnival atmosphere everybody's in costume the streets are packed with people Um, it's just like street vendors and uh, I mean it's it's uh, madness and so I, I was on a Comic Con panel in 2017, and it was uh, wor- it was called World Builders, and so so I was representing Sega and Sonic. But um, there's a, the, the, a quite a dis- it was quite a distinguished panel, and one of my co-panelists, Kiki Wolfkill is one of the executive producers of the halo series the the new live action series but she's been with the halo franchise for a long time and so um so she obviously worked on the games but she is an executive producer on the show so she was on that panel there's somebody from lucasfilm um somebody from uh one of the big effects companies, digital domain um, somebody from Paramount was there wow. talking about a number of franchises. So it, it was really fun. It was, it was nice. And then we, for, for two years in a row, we had a lot of Sonic presence at Comic Con, um, especially 20, 2016 was Sonic's 25th birthday. So we did a big party at the House of Blues and a four hour live stream, which was wow. Quite an experience, and then then the very next year, uh, we were able to to be invited in the. They were kind of uh, beta testing this new area of Comic Con dedicated to AR and VR, mm-hmm. and so I, I don't know that we. Well, yeah, I guess we we did have something that sort of fit in the in that bucket, but they were giving us uh, booth space at very Cheap rates, so we couldn't not take advantage of that. So we had all these <laughs> different little installations in that one area, and um, it was nice. It, it's fun to interact with the fans because they're so th- th- there's nothing like Sonic fans, they're oh, yeah, they love th- it so passionate, Definitely. so passionate. That's the sort, and of thing man- that,
0: sort of thing. When I went, uh, when I went where I grew up, I grew up on Sonic, you know, the video games and all that. It's like the old school mega drives, and I had to be fair, I did, I was like chop between Mario and Sonic it was back when I was in high school it was all between them and it was just like no Sonic's better it was not Mario's better and I was Mario for a long time but it wasn't until I got older (laughs) I got into Sonic more I'm just like okay so I'm now both so I'm a traitor to both 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 franchises but I love them both but Sonic
1: yeah well there you're not alone there's a book called Console Wars and and actually it's a documentary too um I I I think for a while, the documentary was available on the Paramount Plus network. I don't know if it still mm-hmm. is, but the book, you can buy the book anywhere. And it's about Sega versus Nintendo, in yeah. the, especially in those early ni- early to mid 90s. Where so from the time that Sonic was invented, basically, and um, and and Sonic the game was packaged with the console. And it was sold that way to increase, you know, to have a cute game with the console to increase the sales to make it more competitive with the Nintendo game systems. And then for a short period of time, Sega did overtake yeah. Nintendo. I think all, then,
0: the, the funniest, the funniest like, marketing thing I remember Sega doing is what is it the the, the quote Sega do that Nintendo don't, and I thought that was yes. very clever. That's an old famous one. I was like, that's brilliant. Oh
1: yeah, a lot yeah. of a
0: lot of muck slinging during the nineties, wasn't there?
1: We, when I worked at Sega, we found in uh, we had so they Sega had an office in the Bay Area that closed after thirty years. And they moved all the operations uh, for North America down to Los Angeles, Burbank, and so then that's where I worked as part of that, <clears throat> excuse me, small core team that they started here. Right. And so we got truckloads of stuff delivered to us from San Francisco, like all you know, files and whatnot. And so we just rented a, some storage units and put them in there. And so, um, so. A couple of times my co-work some of my co-workers and I, we went to the storage units and we just we just grabbed boxes because we didn't know what was in there, but we were <laughs> so curious to see what what kind of treasures were in the archives. So we brought boxes back to the office and we found some old binders from the early 90s that had wow. designs um, and and like um, ideations for different marketing campaigns and and it was all it was all very uh period you know you could tell that it was from it was very obvious that it was from the the early night early to mid 90s but so we proudly displayed those things in the office we were like you know if they stay in storage they're going to be ruined with the heat and Mm. Whatnot? They're gonna. The binders are just plastic. They're gonna melt. So we we saved a whole bunch of stuff and we packed it all in the office so we could go through it and it because that's history right there. Oh,
0: of course it is. Yeah, you could probably sell that on eBay for a few bob now, couldn't you? <laughs> if you get to. So we got we got cut off there. Modern technology. Remember how we were actually talking beforehand how this this modern technology is amazing and they just got yeah. cut
1: off there. Amazing and annoying
0: oh, okay, all yeah. the
1: time
0: i tell you so so but so, so Molly, what's what's the what's the, the 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 future hold for you what's the plan for 2022 for you
1: retirement
0: hey no, <laughs> no you're too young to retire come someday,
1: on someday
0: <laughs> someday
1: <laughs> uh so, someday so i can go into phase two my my betty white phase where i'm just going to take the world by storm in my 90s that's <laughs> that's my ultimate plan. Um but but for the rest of 2020 2022, I'm working on a project called Young Captain Nemo Ooh. with my employer uh, Rainshine Entertainment, which is an uh a, a conglomerate that is based in India. So the headquarters is headquarters is in Mumbai. And then there's a small team of us that works here in Los Angeles. But we optioned a book franchise, a, a trilogy called Young Captain Nemo that is loosely based on the Jules Verne source material, but taken into present day with the descendants of old Captain Nemo. Ooh, wow. And we're doing a movie trilogy, an animated <laughs> movie trilogy. And um, Blanc- Blanche wants you to know she's w- well acquainted with Young Captain Nemo, too. She's read book. <laughs> she's uh has lots of opinions about the art style and the casting we're doing we're in casting right now and she has offered to play all the dog roles male or female she uh she can, she's very versatile so uh there is a cat in the movie but oh god what dog i know to to be determined <laughs> she's she even offered to play the cats too but i don't know if that'll if that'll fly, <laughs> 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 but uh, yeah, so that's taking up a good bit of my time, and um, and then I work on other projects with Rainshine too. the The animation and the the kids and family stuff is is quite labor intensive because there's always a component of merchandising and consumer products that goes along with that. Yeah, so it takes a lot to figure out, and um, I think I think Blanche is. Pretty much saying that things are are wrapped wrapped up for today because i (laughs) got to move (laughs) on.
0: No problem.
1: She's quite insistent on
0: that. (laughs) Large bless you. But Molly, thank you so much. We'll wrap it up there. Obviously, get get the dog out. She wants some exercise. Going to annoy some cats, but it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on. I really appreciate it. Um, obviously, we're, we'll put all your socials and all your kind of places to go in the description, but we should do this again. We should catch up and see what happens after your new project and see how that goes.
1: Oh, yes. Always happy to come back and update you and then talk about stuff, swap stories from the trenches and whatnot.
0: We'll do that. No problem. So, Marlene, it's been an absolute pleasure.
1: Likewise. Thank you. Thank you, Ryan.